How you doing, boys? Welcome to Louie's Lakeside Bar and Grill. Seeing you had a look at the menu, what'll it be? Two eggs scrambled with toast. And we got two hens on a bone sink em. And how will it be for you, sweetheart? Uh, cheeseburger, cheeseburger, lettuce, no tomato. Can we, uh, hey, my Johnny boy, can we milk that cow and drag it through the jungle? All right, boys, coffee and water, and that's all it'll be? Yep. Perfect, this is The Lake Show. What else do you want to know, boys? I am happy to be back and at it here, giving you another episode of this beautiful show. We had such a good time here with our guest, uh, Justin Big Country Shaver, that he ended up coming on for an interview that turned out to be roughly a bit over an hour. And we had such a good time, we just did the entire show with him. So we're not going to waste any time here. We're going to get you right to it. And uh, let's see what he has to say. He had some great stories about his uh, career growing up, playing sports, playing basketball having some success at the U sports level, covered a bunch of random topics. We just kind of went for it and we had some fun. And um, yeah, that, that's going to be a great episode this week. And uh, we're, we're happy you're listening. And uh, we're just going to kick it right over to the interview and get you started there. Thanks, folks. And we hope you enjoy it. The Lake Show is back with another interview because independent journalism is not dead. And folks, we have ourselves on today, Justin, big country shaver. From the west side of Ottawa, Ontario, this man is a two-time U Sports champion with the Carleton Ravens in 2012 and 2013. He was a member of the U19 Team Canada that attended the FIBA World Championships in 2011. He's a currently in his third year with the Nipsing Lakers men's varsity basketball team. He's a personal friend of mine, and we're certainly happy to have him on the show. Mr. Justin, big country, the big body, the big body alert, shaver. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Wow, where do we start from there? I got carried away there. I got excited. <laughs> but good. anyways, uh, we were trying to get you on for a while. Finally did. Good to have you. Um, Justin? Yeah. Or should I call you country? Whatever you want. We're going to call you country on this interview. We'll go into how that happened. But give us a little background. Tell the people, like I said, from Ottawa, give us a little background, how you got into basketball, a little bit of your uh, tail, your trail to get to Nipissing, and uh, just go on about that for us, would you, please? All right. Well, I, uh, I started in football, actually, and uh, I was a wide receiver. I was pretty tall when I was young, and uh, 12 years old, and I was cutting down the field and turned the wrong way and got absolutely laid out, and I uh, decided football wasn't for me. <laughs> so I switched over to basketball and, uh, and just took off from there. Now, were sports something that you took uh, very seriously, or was it just something you did to, you know, have fun as a kid? Uh, and, and just kind of tell us a little bit about how your athletics took you to where it is today. You know, still playing at the age you are. I uh, I've always played sports. I started out with with football, as I said. Uh, I played a little bit of baseball and basketball. And and part of where I grew up, uh, you needed to play basketball just to fit in, just being um, where I was. And so I I did that, and it it, it helped me get. Out of out of that neighborhood, and, and, and I realized that if I wanted to succeed uh, in certain aspects of life, I needed to take off with with the sport, and I slowly fell in love with it. Um, I started taking it super serious around 12 years old. Um, that's when I, I got introduced to David Carlton, and uh, he kind of fostered me into uh, a guardsman system there, which is a, a rep team, and uh, and it just year after year it, it turned into. Um, prepping for Carleton and, and, and other big schools and um, yeah and here we are today still trucking along at seven, uh, 27 years old 17 <laughs> at 27 years old so you say you met Dave at 12 and yeah, since 12 then you've kind of like just he kind of mentored you in that sense type thing or? yeah and so for you, those who don't who's Dave you're talking about Dave Smart Dave the, Smart uh, the legendary co coach of the Carleton Ravens yeah and he so he was already five or six championships deep wow. uh, when I met him and uh, and he just he fostered me in. He basically uh, he was like a father figure for me. He made sure that I was always in class. I was taking care of the things I need to take care of. I had you know if I needed food, I, I got food. If I needed shoes, he got me shoes. Stuff like that. And uh, so he he was always around just to, to mentor me. And uh, and that's part of why I ended up going to Carleton is because I trusted everything the man said. 
and uh, and I'm, it worked out for me, so I'm no regrets there. So what do you mean? So he was the coach at Carleton, but he was still like involved with your rep program as well. Yes, growing up. Yeah. So he would he would take us on the the, the U.S. circuit. So we would do a bunch of tournaments and uh, all across the states, and and he would be the coach for that for for the most part. And uh, and then when we played in Canada, we have a, a different coach named Sean McCleary, who was an assistant at Carleton at the time. And, uh, and yeah, so Dave was heavily involved with with my development as well as other people's. So Carleton is like the like pinnacle basketball program in in Canada for sure. You know, you see them go down and dominate like NCAA schools that are in like Final Four, and. So you were lucky enough to just kind of go grow up through the system, and in, when you first made your steps into university basketball, you were 19 at the time, right? Yep. And you stepped right in, and you were able to play, and then you played two years there, winning a championship in both years. So tell us a bit about your experience playing there. It's it's definitely different. There's a certain aspect to it where if your personality doesn't fit, um, you're not going to like it. And you you got to be able to, to see past um, the the yelling or the the aggressiveness and read the message really well and if you can do that then the culture is phenomenal there's nothing else like it out there and uh, and that's what I really liked um, that's what I miss today like not, not that we don't have that culture here it's just a different system and uh, and it's by far the most fun I've ever had playing basketball was those two years so when you say that, you mean like, you know, guys weren't afraid to hold each other accountable, you know, tell each other where yeah. to be. And, and then, you know, there was no hurt feelings in that is, I guess, what you kind of mean like that. It was just yeah. kind of eye on the prize. Like everyone's accepting the fact that, you know what, you might get chewed out, but you're doing it for the right cause kind of thing. Right. Uh, part of the, the, uh, the, the motivation and the, and the leadership I provide today with my team is uh, something that I learned back then, which was know your role and do your job. And back at Carlton, you needed to know your role. If you weren't a good shooter, you weren't allowed to shoot in games. It was layups and passing. Mm. That's it, right? If if you wanted to be able to do those things, you had to get better in practice. And so, I've kind of de like developed that mindset where, if I know my role and I do my job, I'm going to succeed no matter what I'm doing. And that's that's a big, big part of of why I've had so much success. Do you think with the new generation coming in of athletes that uh, that type of culture will be able to like stay there for as long as it, it can? If Dave's there, yes. Right. I think uh, you're starting to see it this year with uh, with the change of coach. Dave's kind of taken a backseat. He's, right. he's the president of basketball operations. He's actually working with the Senators right now, too. Yeah, he's doing that. Um, so he's got a different role. And so with the new coach, there's obviously going to be a, a slighter you know, system change and, mm -hmm. and uh, an approach. Uh, it's still Carlton. It's still the top players in the country. Dave's still helping recruit guys, but with the with a different coach, it's always going to be a different mindset. Sure. And uh, and you, you kind of notice it. But again, they're still the top team in the country. It just depends on how long they can keep that going with a new coach. Nice. Where were your uh, national championships? I got uh, one with Carlton in my first year. We beat Algo uh, Alberta, the Golden Bears. Um, we had gone 34 now, I believe that season. Nice. Where was um, the Nationals? That was in Halifax. Oh, oh cool. Nice. Yeah. And then we, uh, this my second year, we won in, uh, in Ottawa. Oh, really? So, oh, yeah, nice. we, we, we had hosted that year. Um, and we had beaten, I think it was Ryerson. Hmm. We had beaten them big. It was like 40 points. Yeah. We always talk about how the OUA is kind of like the main spot for basketball, right? Like, would you consider that, or is uh, yeah, it's just, all the talent is, sits in and stems from Ontario, so it's uh, it's very easy for coaches, no matter what school you go to, to keep talent here. Mm -hmm. um, Canada West has got uh, UBC, who's usually up there. Mm -hmm. Victoria, back in the the seventies and eighties, had a big run. They had won like eight straight championships. Oh, wow. um, but now predominantly the better teams are in Ontario. We love talking about kind of where the OUA and U Sports has gone just in the past decade and just in skill and, and stuff like that, right? For every sport like Harps for hockey, myself for soccer, and then you for basketball. Have you seen a large difference in skill and where the game has come in U Sports in the past seven years? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, basketball in Canada in general has yeah. blown up, right? Like you're starting to see kids who are, you know, 14, 15 years old who are 6'8". Right. Which back then, like when I was in high school, that was unheard of. Just you. You had, well, yeah, I was 6'7 in grade 9. Oh, that's right. Absurd. Like I did, oh, well, sorry, 6'5 in grade 9. By the time I finished high school, I was 6'7. 
and so like that was like I was the guy. Yeah. Like uh, there was no one. There was one guy who was two three years younger than me who ended up being like six eleven, but in Ontario there was no one, right? And then if you were, you were playing in the states already. Like uh, Big Mo. There's a guy named Big Mo. He uh, he played in Toronto and he played with Corey Joseph and they both went to the states for for prep school. And those guys who were um, they were like the uh, the cream of the crop, the top mm-hmm. NBA kind of prospect guys. Um, but that was super early on where guys in Canada weren't getting drafted to the NBA. Right. Now you're seeing guys left and right get drafted and drafted and drafted. Anthony Bennett, Andrew Wiggins, you know, Jamal Murray, who's killing it in the NBA right now. The guys like that who, who just came up in the last two, three years who are in the league. You mentioned the name there that have uh, kind of been linked to yours as well. I mean, we can talk a bit more about you just you being part of the Canadian program um, and the Ontario program. We'll start with that, though. Do yeah. you want to just touch on that before we get into it? Yeah, so I played Team Ontario for actually Coach Chang, Chris Chang, who was here previously. Cool. Um, I played two years at NIP, uh, under him. Uh, he was the head coach over at uh, Team Ontario, and one of the assistants was uh, one of our Carlton assistants. And uh, so I did a year and a half of that. How old were you at the time, sir? Uh, I was 16 going on 17. Okay. And, uh, yeah, so I, I played for Chang there. We had uh, the Canada Summer Games in PEI. Uh, didn't finish the way we wanted. We, we ended up third. Um, Quebec won it all with uh, with a national team teammate, Olivier Hannon. Okay. He, uh, he was on that team who won. And, uh, and yeah, so I, I got to play with some high-profile high guys like uh, Anthony and and Kevin Pangos and Deshaun Pierre, all guys who are playing pro right now somewhere in, in Europe. And then from that, at Team Ontario then, how did you get linked towards uh, Canada basketball? So when you play provincial teams, you're usually on the radar anyways. Um, you gotta start somewhere and that's usually it. If you can be the best in your province, then they pick the top guys from each province. Um, sometimes, you know, they, they won't have, like PI won't have a guy or, or Saskatchewan won't have a guy and there'll be, you know, seven or eight guys from Ontario. But then you know, if you're the top guy in BC, you'll get pulled over yeah. and play for the national team. You just if you, as long as you're you're the top twelve out of every province, you're you're gonna get a look. Even top twenty, you'll at least get a tryout. So that group then goes on to Lithuania. That's right. Yeah. So wherever the world championship, uh, championships yeah. are being held. So my year it was Latvia. We Latvia. had we had a pre tournament in Lithuania. Gotcha. So we went to Lithuania first, and then traveled to Latvia for for the world championships. A lot, a lot of them recently have been in Greece, oh, cool. um, and uh, in South America as well, Argentina. Uh, a lot of them are happening there, um, but it all, it all depends on who bids for it and who gets it. Cool. Yeah. What, what was that experience like? Like playing at that level against you know other national programs? Like you did, told me before we got on the show, you ended up playing like the U.S. national team. Like, t- tell us a little bit about that level of basketball. Was it pretty unreal? No, oh, it's it's insane. Like. The, the level of preparation difference between playing at a U-sport level versus playing guys who are the top in the world is, is unmeasurable. And, like, a, for example, I remember getting in the elevator and there was uh, Myers Leonard, um, a guy named uh, Young, and, uh, and Doug McDermott, and they were standing in the elevator and they were stone-cold face right before a game. And this is, like, two hours, three hours before the game. And you couldn't even get a word out of them. It wasn't like, hey, you'd say hey, and there was yeah. nothing. Straight face. And it's just that mentality. Like, it's, they're focused on their job. They're going to do their job, and nothing else is, is going to matter. And, I mean, it shows with the way they play. Like, playing against them was one of the hardest games I've ever had. You mentioned some pretty cool names there, and if you had to make like a starting five for guys that you've played against, that uh, like at the U19 tournament or whatever, like what would you do? What, like, what would that be? If I would make a list, I would put Tim Hardaway Jr., Jeremy Lamb, Miles Myers Leonard, Jonas Valanciunas, JP. yeah, and uh, and Kevin Pangos. His Pangos was unreal. Really? Yeah. So wait, what, if, if I could if I could put him on that that list, I would. What all, what countries did you all play? So we played. We started off with China that year, and then we got Lithuania. That's where we ended up playing. Jonas, and then we got Team USA. Unfortunately, um, lost by twenty. It still felt like a game. Um, I had to cover Tim Hardaway Jr. for twenty-five minutes of that game, which was 
it, it sucked to be yeah. honest like it sucked like, <laughs> yeah. the guy's so good like it, you respect a shot he goes by you, yeah. you, you contest a drive he shoots a shot like it's just he's so good and I mean you can see it he's, he's tearing it up in the NBA yeah um, yeah yeah it's an impressive uh, it's an impressive group you got there um, so th- that was when um, you were in your first year with Carlton, or summer before I went to Carlton. Summer before you yeah. went to Carlton. So I was just transferring out of high school, and uh, so I had high school finished. Then I did the <clears throat> national team, and then I had Carlton. So was that in the summer, obviously? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, so. Then you go right into Carlton. You play two years there, and then you end up taking a little bit of a hiatus. Yeah, I uh, decided to to step away. I uh, not because of the basketball, not because of the culture or anything like that. Uh, I had a job opportunity. And I weighed my options at the time, and I thought that it would be a good idea to, to take this up and not miss it. Um, so I ended up I ended up running a foster home. Uh, I had foster kids, four of them. Uh, I did that for three years, and it was one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life. It was a nice chance to refresh, um, take a different perspective on life, be responsible for someone other than myself, and and it's it's definitely transitioned to to the way I am today. So what are your responsibilities there? Like what, what's the day-to-day for you while running that? So the biggest thing with, with the foster home is, is implementing structure, right? It is to show these kids that um, structure is gonna be everything in their lives. So it, it, when they get up in the morning, having their breakfast, getting ready for school, when they come home, it's chores, homework, then free time. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, dinner, homework, then free time. And, and so they have a set schedule. And if we provide this structure for them, they're better off. As they as they transition back into their own homes, and that was my, my our biggest role was to to implement as much structure as possible, make it as a, a normal living condition as 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 we can, and uh, and make it a home for them, right? Because a lot of them either didn't have a home or they're 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 coming from certain situations where it's not stable, and and that's what we're we're doing is we're just providing that stable environment and giving structure so they can learn how to function on a day to day basis. Did you work with multiple kids, or was it like the same four for three-year period? I had multiple kids. I had one kid right throughout all three years. Um, I had three other ones. One of them stayed for a year, and then he, he was able to go back home. Thank God. That's the goal was to get mm-hmm. him back home. Mm-hmm. We had two of them transfer out of our home into different places, other foster homes and other, other caregivers. And... Uh, and then I just... Once we... You know, you get rid of one, there's a week off, and then you get... You get another one coming in. They find someone who needs it. Now, is this something that you think you'll get back to one day, or? Eventually, yeah. Like, a, my goal right now is to to get through the season, uh, get in as great shape as possible, and then look at some pro options for a year or two, and see see how that goes. I know I want to travel. Um, my partner wants to travel as well, so um, we both can can try and take that opportunity. And then I'm looking at uh, becoming a police officer. And, uh, and working with youth that way, there's a really good program in Ottawa who uh, that uh, works with basketball players and, and goes into different communities. And Big body alert! Yeah. <laughs> on the floor. Running around with the. Wow. So you're really like one of those guys on Instagram that are just balling out in full uniform. Yeah. <laughs> just like, this guy? <laughs> You'd be an unreal cop. That'd be sick. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're a security guard too, right? You're a yeah. bouncer. Yeah. That's why I, I was protecting. Harpsy over here all summer. He was my bouncer. Yeah. I was bartending. The guy can handle the big bot. Exactly. Keep the traffic flow. Move. He's, That's all. All the people coming to see Harry, I had to keep him back. Oh it was yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah, you have to so make a line. Yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was crazy. Watching me spill drinks. Yeah. So you, you go for you do that uh, foster care job for three years, and then you get the opportunity to play basketball again, and you end up back in Nipissing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about that, how that happened, and. The relationship you had with Coach Cheng to maybe bring you there is that how that got started? Well, so I, I went to because I was always Carlton supporter. I went to a Carlton game, and this is uh, Cheng's first year with Nipsing, and he was down at uh, at Carlton in Ottawa, and uh, I just saw him and I, I kind of I gave him a side eye, and I said, "You got a jersey," and he he looked at me. He's like, "Are you serious?" And he's, and he, he was like all excited. This is three minutes before the game. He's all like, you can see him dancing on the floor. He's like, are you serious? Are you, like, and I'm like, well, let's let's try and make this happen. Wow. And uh, a couple months later, I got registered in classes, and uh, here we are. Unbelievable. That's such a country thing that that actually probably happened. Like, that's, like I, just, happened. Yeah. I was ready to get back into it. I was ready to finish my degree, and 
he just happened to be there and it was it was something I, I connected and I knew that I didn't want to go back into uh, the Carlton system just because of the day-to-day operations of like always playing basketball I wanted to focus more on school and I had the opportunity to do that when I came up to NIP I was able to play sports and help a team and get my academics done without stressing about basketball so much so how was that first year like did you enjoy it how was your first couple months like it is an adjustment coming up here like how was it yeah I mean I've always been an outdoorsy guy so coming up here is not it wasn't hard for me Mm -hmm. uh I wasn't uh I wasn't unaccustomed to it and uh so that transition was easy um and then just just being around the guys like that was the biggest thing is I knew some of them already and they just welcomed me in and I was able to transition and and start playing again and just be me and that was the biggest thing and that was the easiest uh easiest way for me to just be myself Get back, practice, and playing every day. Exactly. Feeling the ball. Yeah. Feeling good. Yeah. The only thing I played was uh, Bush League, Men's League, so. So that's where I always laugh. Like, So then you ended up playing two years at NIP, then you didn't play last year, and yeah. then now you're playing this year again. Yeah. And when you started this year again, like, you basically came off a year off, got back on the, got back on the floor for five days, played that weekend yeah and then the next week you're after the week the weekend after <laughs> after a year hiatus he just comes back and trash in the league what? <laughs> i mean I, I owe a lot to, to the team i mean they give me the ball seventeen thousand times a game <laughs> so and plus when you're my size it's hard for people to 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 move me around um not that i move very well but <laughs> But you have um, a wealth of knowledge. Like, so yeah. your first year in the in the OUA was 2011, 2012. Yeah. And, you know, it's 2019, 2020 now. So, like, you have not like that. You have an age advantage. You must be we laughing. You must be the oldest guy in the league. Uh, we haven't looked it up, but <laughs> as far as I'm concerned, I am the oldest guy in the league. So when you go out there, do you like to play the role of the courtyard bully? <laughs> you know, I like, to, I like to call Harv the sheriff when he plays on the hockey team. Yeah, yeah. I would say the sheriff's in town. I would say the same about you. You guys are the yeah. sheriff's out there. You know, you control the, uh, the court. Yeah, like uh, one of the uh, one of the guys on uh, uh, Brock this weekend. I was standing in front of their bench. It was something was going on at the other end. There was a little bit of a, a break. I was standing in front of their bench, and he looks at me and he goes, "Get in shape, old man." And I just turned to him and I was like, "Old oh, man, like, I'm 27. I just started playing three weeks ago. You're still sitting here. Why are you talking?" So you said, that? "Yeah." So why, why are you talking to me? I say like, he's touched the floor. So he can say whatever he wants. You do, you do you run your mouth when you play? A little bit. If guys are talking to me while I'm playing, I'm the guy. Like I'll, I'll feed it back. I'll dish it. I'll laugh if it, if I think it's funny. Yeah. If you, if you say something and it's good, I'll laugh. I'll tell you. You know that's good. Yeah. Right. Even with it, like I have a lot of crowd play this year. Like uh, I was at Laurier um, two, three weeks ago, and uh, the football team goes out to every games and they chirp, they chirp, 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 and uh, it was one of my my first games where I, I started being like being able to catch my wind and, and go for for more than twenty five minutes in the game, and so I was out there flying, having fun, and I was asking them for popcorn, pizza, diet coke. <laughs> I was sweeping the floor at one point. Like I'm just out there trying to have as much fun as possible while you know still leading the guys in and doing my job. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. And I've had the opportunity to watch you in practice too, and it's pretty cool. Like you, like it's almost like having an assistant coach on the court for these guys, right? Like because you've kind of like you've been through it, you've lived through it, and you know what's going on, and yeah. being able to help them. Uh, and I was talking to Achu, the athletic, yeah. the student athletic trainer too, and he was saying he could not believe your feet for. Like a big man, like where would you like attribute that to? Like, is it day smart when you were a kid? Like, how did you build that feet movement? Was it fo- playing football as a kid? Like, where do you think that came about? Well, my my ability to to dribble, pass, and all that kind of stemmed from when I was younger. Yeah, I used to walk to school every day, even in like grade school, and uh, I'd always have a basketball man. Right. So that's like, no matter how tall I got, I was still able to dribble. Mm. And then I started eating pizza when I left Carlton, and I had you know put on probably. 60 70 pounds i was around 215 when i left carlton and i was about 270 280 you know year two year three out and uh the feet have always been there mm-hmm. i've always been quick on my feet i've always n- known where to to go and where to be on the court uh and that's part of it like uh, being efficient versus overworking I, I, if i'm efficient enough i can be in the right spots um and so once i 
once I started playing again, people were always mesmerized because my <laughs> upper body was so massive, but my lower body is it's like I skipped leg day, yeah. but I didn't actually skip leg day. And, uh, and so now when people see me play, I'm like, oh, I'm still fast. I'm still, I got the footwork because I've always worked on it at Carlton and, and, and previously. Uh, I just, now I'm just trying to lose the, the weight. I'm trying to, you know, look the part versus actually not looking the part, but flying everywhere. Yeah, you're like a ballroom dancer. Yeah, like I, I, seriously, I, the amount of spin moves I, I have in practice or in a game is like, <laughs> I might as well put ballet shoes on and a little barrette and go. That's probably how he kept his feet so crisp. <laughs> just, just in the dance room. Just so many dance floors. Practice. There wasn't a dance floor he didn't polish. <laughs> That's good though, and I actually will say, like, for a big body, like the way this man can move is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. It's 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 crazy, and uh, I know I think it's. I unfortunately don't get out to see. His, I haven't seen you play yet. It's hard to. I haven't been able to get out and see. Well, one yeah, you got yet, your own games, I'm playing, right? But mm -hmm. get out and watch the men's basketball team. You know, we got uh, Shaver cutting around, taking names, <laughs> taking Cracking orders. jokes. If you do come, please bring popcorn. Yeah. Because <laughs> when I come off, I sometimes I sit on the bike and I need a little snack. So, not. Speaking of get, like getting chirped, like I always feel like when I'm here, like I just want to chirp and like I, I don't know, like it's kind of funny, but like, I, I don't know, I feel like it's quickly gets like I don't want to be disrespectful, I, but like whenever you go anywhere else, it's like you're getting it's, everyone's chirping everyone, yeah. and it's like I just feel like nothing's offside, but then it's like here I don't want to say I don't know, like, I don't, but like is it is it disrespectful to chirp at the Robert J. Surtees from the crowd? <laughs> I mean. We've had some big games in there a couple times where we've had a crowd going and, you know, some things are said. It's a fine line, right? Like, you're trying yeah. to make it interesting and make it entertaining, but you're not trying to be disrespectful in any way. And yeah. It's just trying to find that, the, that the line. line yeah, the whole is. goal is to get in their head, yeah. right? And if you can find whatever it is to try mm -hmm. and get in their head, whether it's funny, whether it's a little a little over the line, yeah. it's, it's pushing buttons. And if you can push buttons in basketball, it, it's everything. Like, if you get a guy... <laughs> I feel like if you, yeah, if you yeah, push yeah. buttons, like... Uh, a guy will fall asleep and you can just cut back door because he's yeah. thinking about, oh, what's this guy going to say to me? Or, you know, he said that. Man, oh. chirps in basketball would be so frustrating, I feel like, because, like, I don't know, I'd just be getting fouls probably. Like, you're trying, like, you can't just, like, run through them. You got to, like. No, yeah, you got to, you, you can't foul. That's what, like. But, I mean, there's some, like, you can set screens if you're, if you're in a good spot and you know how to time it right. You can really get someone on a screen where, not that you're trying to hurt them, but. If it's a legal there. play, you're letting them know that, okay, you're not going to get things easy. Yeah. yeah. And if you're going to chirp, expect that I'm going to show up. There's no free court game. out there. Exactly. <laughs> no free court. Exactly. And if I'm taking, I take up a lot of space. So if that, if you're in my space, you're, you're in a little bit of trouble. That's so like in, I see, I'm I hate to, I try to act like I'm a bat. I don't know anything about basketball. <laughs> when you play basketball, like you're like one-on-one -on -one for most of the game with a guy. Like you said, you're covering that. Yeah, so you, you have your matchups, uh, but basketball is a transition game. Yeah. And so sometimes you, it, it, guys will be coming down, and I'll end up on the smallest guy on the court yeah, yeah. because he's just in my area. You just, when you come down and transition, and transition means like if you miss a shot and they get the rebound, they're, they're pushing it the yeah. other way. So you just have to find find a guy and figure it out after, right? And sometimes, so mostly you have your matchup, and, and sometimes you get you get put on um, other guys. Uh and then I, I get doubled a lot too, so if I catch the ball in the post or the low block uh, right near the net, a lot of the time, the time they'll send someone else, and so I'm I'm either passing it out to the open guy or trying to split the double, um, and it's just different ways to, to defend. Now you're coming in uh, after a year of hiatus, but a lot has changed since that year hiatus, right? Yeah. Like as a new coach, a brand new, almost a brand new team. Like kind of how has that transition been, and how is it working with Coach Thomas Corey and that relationship? Because we've all heard great things about him. We had him on the show, and he was awesome. But yeah. how's it been going down with you guys? Well, it's awesome. He's very, very good at, at uh, reading his players and knowing knowing who he's got. Yes. Uh, he reminds me a little bit of uh, Nick Nurse. Cool. Just the way he he plays lineups. If someone's playing well or a group's playing well, he'll ride with it. Uh, he knows who to plug in, who not to plug in. Um, and and the, the beauty of it is, is guys don't take it personally. If if someone's you know played well on Friday night and they start off a little slow on Saturday and someone else comes in and they're playing well, if they don't end up getting back on the court or they only get a little you know a few minutes, they're not you know they're not upset about it. Yeah. They're they're rooting for that other guy nice. because the ultimate goal is to just win and not. I've no, I came in late, right? And so these guys have been going since you know mid July. I got in here in October, you know mid October. So I've noticed that the culture 
shift from from previous years is is dramatic and it's much much better I've, like i've heard a couple of the guys describe him as a as a baller like that's kind of when even you ask him like how do you describe coach Corey? like he's ball he gets it he's been yeah. through it he not understands yeah. like how would you, do you think do you agree with that absolutely he, he, uh, the amount of times we we sit in his office like i'll sit in his office and talk to to him about his pro days mm-hmm. and playing and him coaching in portugal and and all these different uh experiences that he's had he's definitely definitely a baller nice. and like e- even when we have like uh we'll have a shoot around we have individuals uh, you know every two days He'll he'll sometimes suit up and he'll shoot with us and just keep it light and keep it fun and mm-hmm. sometimes he wins some not against me coach <laughs> but he he has beaten some guys in, in some shooting drills and and so definitely baller is it um, awful segue here but um, we mentioned the name Anthony Bennett earlier and um, I've heard this story personally but we talked about if you ever come on the podcast you got to tell this one so you two. Back in your Team Ontario days, yep. got into it a little bit. Yeah, maybe into it a lot. Tell us, just just tell us what went down with Anthony Bennett, first overall pick in the NBA. So this is back, uh, back in the day, and we're having a practice at, at Carlton because we had the assistant there, um, and so we're playing this three on three drill, and the drill was. You know, you're on offense. If you if you score, you get the ball out. Or even if you miss, if you get the rebound, you get the ball out to coach, and he sends it to the guard right away, and you play. So there's no stoppage. It's just same side. We're not going down and back. It's just one net, and it's continuous play. And I know that I can get away with being a little more physical because of the coach, right? I, I I've had him at Carlton. I've known him from Carlton, so I know that I can be I can I can push guys a little more. So Anthony had ended up coming down the lane. He went up for a layup, and I gave him a little shove a little extra to put him off balance, and he fell to the ground. And Anthony, as soft as he is, didn't like this. And uh, we got the rebound, we kicked it out to coach, and obviously he's still on the ground. And uh, I'm wide open, so they go past me for the layup. So I'm going to shoot the layup, and Anthony comes out of nowhere and two-hand shoves me, like dangerously. Yeah. So I turn around, and my natural instinct was to throw hands. <laughs> so I swung at him, and I, I got him in the face, and. Uh, Anthony, he took a step back. Guy stepped in, and Anthony was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm out of here. I, I'm not. I'm not fighting you." And I was like, "Yeah, of course you're not gonna fight me. You're the softest guy I know." And uh, and so he he ends up walking out of the gym, and we continue practicing, and we finish the you know the the last half hour, and uh, one of the coaches had gone to look for him. And the way Carlton is compared to downtown, there's one street called Bronson, and it goes right into downtown. Oh yeah. And there's a very conveniently placed McDonald's halfway down Bronson. And Anthony had managed to find this very conveniently placed McDonald's uh, and got himself a little snack on the way back to the hotel. And uh, never never made up with him after that. This was like uh, pre-tournament. We, we hardly ever talked. I'd still pass really? him the ball. He'd pass me the ball. But it, there was like... <laughs> we weren't we weren't friends to say the least uh, and like Chang was telling me uh, before that NBA scouts had contacted him about that story to see really yeah to see like that's how far this got wow. was to see you know did he really back down or did he just to, to yeah, get a judge of his character, character and, and and who he is and, and whatnot uh, now he got drafted number one overall I don't know why, but he did. I find that fascinating, though. Like, was he was he that talented of a guy to go first overall? Like, how did that all come about? Uh, he has the body for it. He has the frame for it. He has the athletic ability to be uh, a top draft pick. Uh, he didn't have the attitude. Right. He didn't have the effort. He was always better based on his, his physical abilities. Mm-hmm. But when you get to that level, when you start playing in the NBA or even high-level college, your body and your, your, your athletic ability is not going to do it for you. You have to put the time in. And that's something he uh, never did. Mm-hmm. He didn't want to put the time in. Where's and he at now? He's playing in somewhere in Europe. Um, I try not to follow him because I I don't. Send him a Christmas yeah. card here and there. but Yeah, like a, a little, a little uh, a couple of boxing gloves every once in a while and tell him I'm ready. But uh, other than that, uh, no me Snapchats? and Anthony, nothing. <laughs> me and Anthony do not communicate. Uh, he probably despises me to this day. Um, and right, rightfully listen, so. Do you think he listens to the Lake Show? I'll probably. Yeah. No, but uh, if if he does, if he doesn't, I, I'll be sure to send him. If you could, like, if pretend he's on the phone right now, just say, hey, Anthony, what's up? What would you say to him? Hey. Hey, Anthony. Uh, things change. 
Anthony, meet me in the key. <laughs> no, well, if or you, you know, I'd ask him if things change, and if he if he says yes, I'd be like, well, that's a lie. <laughs> and then if he says no, I'd be like, well, at least you're honest now. <laughs> now, whenever you're ready, I will play you, and I I, I will you know we'll play a game. One of my favorite games to play is one on one to infinity. Right? There's no score limit. First to quit loses. Wow. Right? <laughs> And, uh, is that like this? Is that like the same thing as like a street fight? And I quit. Match? Sort of, yeah. Like uh, uh, Sean Swords, the coach at Laurentian. Is that how you throw down he with the guy? That. Yeah, pretty much. Like if you're not gonna fight the guy in basketball, when you play one on one, you don't just play to eleven. That doesn't solve anything. Who's more mentally tough? Who's more physically tough? Who can go longer? Yeah, but what if you're down by like thirty? Doesn't matter. You. So the case in point, Sean Swords at Laurentian. He uh, he Is was the playing. Head coach? Yeah, he's the head coach at Laurentian, and uh, he played on the national team with Steve Nash. And uh, he was playing against uh, an NBA guy at the time. And he was playing one-on-one. And the guy was just torching him. He was killing him. And uh, Swords, he never quit. And uh, it was like something like 35 to 4 or 35 to 5. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, I could have the score wrong, but it was, it was bad. Mm-hmm. And uh, the guy's like, hey, I'm done. Like, I'm done with you. And this is before, like, they even established, like, first to quit loses. And Sean's like, hey, well, I win. And he's like, no, I, I just, I'm winning like 35 to four. And he's like, yeah, but you quit. And he's like, I'm winning 35. And he's like, it doesn't matter. You're quitting first. If you quit, you lose. I'm still here playing. You're yeah. not. I win. You lose. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You win. And he's like, yeah. So to this day, if you ask Sean if he won that game one on one, he'll say yes, I won because he quit. That's hilarious. Yeah. That's that's exhausting. Yeah, I, I, like you're almost better off to just fist fight. <laughs> like that's get it over with, get it over with in two yeah. three minutes. I could, I guess I could just never quit. I'd be getting mm-hmm. pumped. Yeah, like a, I, 30, 35 to four sound pretty good for me. Yeah, I, think. I think we should do a two v one against you for I quit match. Any day, I'll make the same bet I made. The late show against the country. <laughs> Amateurs try to play all the time. The guys who don't play basketball or play other sports, they yeah. ask me all the time, and I say, listen, I'll make you a deal. We'll play to eleven. If you score five, I'll give you forty bucks. If you win, I'll give you two hundred. Right? If I win, I get twenty. Right? So if you, it, all you need to do is get to five. You're already up twenty bucks. And most of the time, they get that's they get, how they get country, to like three, and that's, that's how it. country made his money two summers. Exactly. In the side Stop. Auto. Exactly. Yeah. There's no way. Like I, I find sharked that, guys down. <laughs> yeah, I find that really interesting though, because basketball is that kind of sport though where everybody thinks they can play. Right? Yeah. It's just one of those things where everybody's picked up a ball and shot. Right? Mm-hmm. And like, oh, I can play. Sorry, who, like, who is everyone? I, I, I'm not <laughs> going down a court barking at anyone. Being like, I can play. Give me the ball. The high school I went to, like, man, everybody Everybody played. played. Yeah, that's that's one of those sports. Like, uh, soccer takes a a decent amount of endurance and skill. Mm -hmm. Basketball, if you can throw the ball at the net, there's a chance it's going to go in. Right? In soccer, you have to be able to have a good kick to get the ball where it needs to go. There's someone defending you. There's a goalie. In basketball, it's just a rim. If you can can throw it at the rim, you can score. Have you had some sick street matches that just... Like, yeah, growing up, that's all. That's how I kind of uh, survived, you know, in the neighborhood I, I was in because a lot of it was basketball. There was uh, we had a court right right in the in the hood, and we we would go out and and it would be physical. Sometimes you'd bleed, sometimes you wouldn't. Sometimes you make guys bleed. Sometimes you cried. Sometimes you win. Sometimes you lost. And and uh, and it was always that that was always a staple of the neighborhood was to to go play. And, and, and just rough it out on the outdoor court. Would you ever just go back, even like in your Crofton days or like your Team Canada days, and just say, like, I just want to play ball on the streets again? Like, just have a couple I'd games. go back, but I wouldn't play because. You just need to take it to the streets. Yeah, yeah. I just, because uh, I knew a lot of the kids in the, in the area. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. And, uh, and so I'd go back and visit, but at my level when I was playing, if I get hurt out there, yeah. then I'm, I'm putting everything else in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. So I. I had to take a step back um but my three years off i did yeah i went and played yeah i played some games because i have nothing to lose after that mm-hmm. right like it's not like i'm i'm gotta go to practice that night so i would go back and, and get some skirmishes in and, and uh yeah when you're like downtown toronto and you walk by court and everyone's playing like do you ever find yourself getting maybe a little mouthy you're like hey give me the ball like, you wanna, like, <laughs> let, let me play give me, the, give me that no, rock i don't got the harpsy mouth no um, say, i would never say that I, I in my head i'd definitely be like yeah i'm, I'm probably better than some of those guys ah, you might be like better than that guy yeah that guy, yeah, that guy, yeah. Like can, that, and that's that. That's the the basketball arrogance. Like a uh, a lot of us, we all have a bit of an ego, 
and uh, and that's just having our ability growing up. So I've always had like a little bit of an ego when I see guys playing. I'm like, ha. yeah, I, 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 I could take. Yeah, but guy, athletes like kind of got to be a little. Like, you have good to, athletes yeah. are a little cocky. Like yeah. not cocky, it's confident. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's exactly. I'm, I'm, I'm you're not gonna walk around thinking you're trash. You're yeah. gonna go down there and play good. Like, right. Doesn't matter if you're if you're dust. Doesn't matter in your head. You just tell yourself how nasty. <laughs> how you nasty are. you are. You go out there things and start will go well. Yeah. Doing nasty things. <laughs> nasty. <laughs> Put the ballroom dance shoes on. And there you go. <laughs> head on out. It's basically like the outdoor rink was your basketball court mm-hmm. growing up. I I, a, I I did a lot of ODR uh, ODR when I was a kid. Imagine I, you. My best imagine friends. you took to the ice. That was a sport. Why? Well, I, 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 imagine the way you can move on the court. Oh, He'd be dancing on the court. <laughs> When's the last time you skated? Ice would be his. Uh, three years. Because my feet won't stop growing, so every time I go to get skates, I outgrow them. What do you mean your feet won't stop growing? I don't know. They they You're were 27. like 27. Yeah, they went from 14 to 15 in the last three years. So. Maybe you're just flattening them. Well, more like 14 and a half. I was like 14 and a half, 15. Now I'm like 15, pushing 15 and a half. He's just stomped on his arch and it's just flattened out. Did you find size 15 skates? Like, uh, you had to call it's been hard. Around. No, I got to order. Yeah, you Usually have to. Uh, yeah. Call Sherry. Like, donate, please. Like a, donate. You'd wear like a size 13, probably. 13, 14, yeah. Like, a, like a triple E. <laughs> you should like, what's not that wide, like, yeah. man. Like, any chance you could help us out here? We're trying to get him on the. I wonder, I wonder how big his feet are. Chara? Well, we're the same height, so That's really, I mean, yeah. yeah, same height is. But I mean, I've met a lot of guys who are six five with size thirteen feet, right? Mine have just like decided to say. Oh, so how your your feet are size fifteen? Fifteen. Yeah, and like in Canada, you can only get shoes usually up to fourteen, like more like thirteen. Well, some, some places have fourteen too. Yeah. Like, and uh, so I have to order them all the time. So my feet just decided to say, you know what? Uh, I'm gonna make things you know difficult for you and. <laughs> order everything yeah because i have to pay for shipping all the time right. and like, so when i was younger we used to go to the states all the time we go to the outlets so i'd get shoes for 20 bucks yeah, yeah. but then but then you got to go there and it's like oh there's the one shoe that's 15. exactly yeah. I, I better enjoy this one <laughs> the one shoe <laughs> wish yeah. it was in black but right. it's, it's there in <laughs> white more in the back? <laughs> um that's unbelievable like do you even own a pair of skates then at not the not now no I could really find a pair of skates for him. That'd be did, sick. Did your feet, like, did you ever notice, like, because you're 6'7". Right. In the ninth grade, like, you must have, like, been waking up one day and been like, holy moly, this shirt doesn't fit anymore. <laughs> like, always. So my, my shoe size always matched my age, which was, like, I was 11 years old. I had a size 11 foot. That's 12 years old. I had a size 12 foot. Picture the stomper. And it literally just went up like that. Picture so, sixth grade footprint, size 11. Yeah. And like uh, my clothes too. Like from grade seven to grade 12, I've always like had to cycle through. Oh, wait, and so eventually I just started getting double XL everything because at around six five you can pull it off. And yeah. Either you roll you roll the band at the top or. Um, you figure it out. Yeah, you just you figure it out. You and make alterations. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I told you to shape. Nepean. Okay, cool. Yeah. Same as Dave Smart, actually, which is oh, well. kind of ironic. <laughs> yeah. I did uh, four years at Nepean, and then I, I transferred over to uh, John McRae. My, I did half a year there. I just played the basketball season because uh, why not? Well, seriously, though. I, th- I, th- I didn't know so many people did that in Ontario, did like a victory lap in high school to play sports because... I will be honest, like, but back home where I'm from in Alberta, like high school sports are not that big at all. Like, really? if you were a good basketball player, no discredit to high school sports in Alberta, but I don't think you'd at all play high school. You'd definitely be playing club. Like, yeah. So like, it's just well, different. We would have both. So I like uh, my day. I'd, I'd bus to school in the morning, and then uh, we'd have practice after school or a game, and then I'd go right from high school to Carleton. And play at Carlton from seven to nine, and then I bus home and do that every day. It's actually. Sick. And I did that for like seven years. I find it interesting how like some certain sports, um, like high school, sometimes even more important than like club and stuff. Not important, but like when you ask someone like where do you play, yeah. some sports be like oh be your high school first, and then some sports you'd be like no I play for this club, right? Like how it, was it for you? It depends up? when, <clears throat> when and where you are. If you're at a club tournament, people will ask, or like if it's in a club setting. Usually, if you're if you're around high school. Um, people know that it's through talk in high school um, because most most of the time you play regionally. You yeah. only play once provincially when you go to OFSA. And so if you're in, in the high school setting in terms of games or like a, a tournament, then most of the time you're a high school lingo. Yeah. And then you'll get the, the odd snippets of uh, your club program and where you play, but most guys know you're from there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Toronto guys who, who won't know who you are and you don't really know who a lot of them are unless yeah. they're high level 
uh, top players in the province. So like when you got recruited to Carleton, the first time they announced he was like Justin Shaver from the P High School or from your club? Uh, no, they would go from high school. Okay. Yeah, city either city or high school. Here they do they do uh, city. Okay. They'll tell you like uh, we have four starters from Ottawa. Um, so every time it's from Ottawa, from Ottawa, yeah. from Ottawa, and guys are like, really? What's with these Ottawa kids? What are they eating? Pizza, clearly. Just a pipeline of Ottawa talent up here uh -huh. at Nipissing University. Yeah. Actually, we're in the room. We're in the uh, AT room the other day. And we had six kids from Orleans. Yeah. In there at the same time somehow. Yeah. It's pretty funny. Yeah. Influx of this Ottawa Valley area <laughs> athletic personnel here at Nipissing. Well, there's two on the podcast here. I don't know. Maybe you should move Yeah, you can, you Get down to Ottawa. Okay. I'm just like a minority from Alberta. <laughs> How many Alberta kids are actually in there? I don't know. We, we actually joke around. Me and my D partner, Kyler Wall, is from Edmonton. Right. And um, we, call, we call ourselves the Alberta Beef. The Alberta <laughs> Beef line. The Alberta, triple A Alberta Beef line. Just a lot. That's a lot. Of, that might be the heavy. The triple A <laughs> Alberta be, Beef. I hope Mike's not. That might be the heaviest D pair in the way, way too. We got to name that the next podcast. And have Combined 500 pounds D on the back end. I'm just joking. But no, so we, you know, we, don't, we, we have a lot of majority guys from Ontario too, obviously. Right. Do you, have, where, you got a lot of basketball players from outside the province? No. Uh, most of them are Ottawa or Quebec. Yeah, that's it. You guys have a lot of Quebec. Like, we have a lot of French guys. Half yeah, our team's good, French. Good. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm slowly learning more and more French. Like Are my you? French is very basic. Yeah. And every time I walk in the team room, someone's having a conversation in French, mm -hmm. and I always say "Je parle pas français." Parle anglais, please, please. Est-ce que je peux à la toilette? Wait, and I, I, you know what? I ask that all the time. Please, aller à la toilette. And they go, "Yes, go." To, you don't have to ask. Go to the bathroom. Just go to the bathroom, shaver. Go pee. Is that, I didn't even know you were It's saying. like the classic, like when I, somebody asked me, like, oh, uh, or I like to ask them if they speak French, like, oh, two would be like, or a side of the toilet, and then the other would be like, should papa, should papa anglais, or papa français. Yeah. Like, those are the ones that, like, people always, like, I was in France. Like, I don't speak uh, French, and I want to go to the washroom, basically. Right. I was in France this summer, and, and uh, people would say stuff, and I yeah. say, ah, je parle pas français. Right and and they would oh okay and they they'd spit out a little bit of English if they knew English or they would they speak English right away right so if I'm saying je parle français they know okay this guy's definitely not from here mm. and they're gonna try and make it they'll, they'll explain it with gestures or whatever right so if you can get the basics down you can see I thought I've played with a lot of French guys over the years and I always thought oh you know what's great it's great for me I'm gonna pick up the language <laughs> I'm gonna be a bilingual citizen here with no no time and I, even, I used to sip a, <laughs> I used to even sip aside guys that were French and like be like, "Hey, give me some, give me some words." Like I try to learn, and I like I don't know French at all. Yeah, we have a lot of French guys on our team too. A lot of French going on, but what you guys were even saying, I didn't even know what you were saying. So mm -hmm. that's good to know. That was the simple like salutation. There might be know. yeah. There's like seven or eight guys who speak fluent French. Even like Danny Danny Lacusa, yeah. he's from Ottawa. From he's Ottawa, he's yeah. English, but he went to a French immersion high school. So he he's good French too. Oh yeah. yeah. This is I thought about this the other night. This is totally unrelated, but it is about language. I, like is it what is it weird to learn a new language now? Like, is there an age limit on language learning? There, like, there's not a limit, but it is a lot easier at a younger age. That's what it's I mean. Trying to immerse you. At, at like, I feel age. like I always wish I could speak French, but like, it's like I always said, I could something. No, it's something that'll happen. I'm 25. It hasn't happened. <laughs> if you, well, if you want to, if you want to speak a language, the best way to do it is just go. Yeah, you go have to, to be that place. Immersed in it, man. Like, like I, I, the amount of things I picked up being in France for a week and a half, two weeks. I, like I started learning things because they'll say they'll say part English, part French, and then you piece it together, mm -hmm. right? And then eventually you pick up words, 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 words. So my best chance to, for my journey in French is just to go to France. to go to France or, or live Orleans. in Quebec <laughs> or Orleans. Yeah, <laughs> like when I go to Orleans, it takes me two three weeks to get back into the French because like at home it's all French, and when I come back here, it takes me two three weeks to just get my tongue back to straight English. Like it yeah. just, it's a transition back. Just drop me off. Uh, I, I was in the UK <laughs> again, the UK for two weeks, and I I would always, I start speaking in a UK accent. Like it just uh, unintentional. You probably did too. He yeah, comes like, back like he's singing for the Beatles. If we were crossing the street, it'd be like quickly, <laughs> quickly, quickly, let's go. Okay. Quickly, he's on the, he's on the footy court. Yeah, the he's like, oh sorry, lads, I just got. You would the, be that guy the, too. The lift, form like, different <laughs> words like elevator. We say elevator. I say lift now. No, like, you don't. One hundred percent. We're going to, I'm going on the lift. We're taking the lift. We're going someone, up the lift. If someone said, can I get in the lift? I'd probably <laughs> slap them in the face. Well, well <laughs> try that in the UK and then see what happens. I wouldn't even know what that, like if someone said that to me at the Marriott that I stayed at the last week, yeah. I'd literally look at them and be like, I'm taking the stairs. 
<laughs> what does that even? But like, I, I'll be in Canada. But I'll be working with uh, British guys with like different soccer camps and stuff, and I'll just be with them for like two, three weeks, and I start saying stuff like that too. Yeah. Weird. You start calling the train the tube. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. That, I always laugh at that. One. I think yeah. that one's sick. But when, if you guy, say that yeah. and it's not the tube, it just doesn't make There's sense. There's the loo. The loo. The bathroom. The loo is the classic. The, the bin inside yeah. the trash. Yeah. The bin. The bin. They top bins. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah you pick up a lot like and like like I said again you just start like throwing on an accent like a, my partner's uh, best friend lives out there she's been out there for two three years now and she's like when you go talk to her it's like she's been there her whole life yeah like and it's like where did this come from yeah, like, crazy you're from Canada yeah but uh, they, you get immersed in it and you pick up the lingo you pick up the accents you pick it all up and it sticks with you it's like what happens when you listen to the lake show <laughs> Yeah, start growing a you, crazy mustache. You pick up the lingo. And it you just, pick up the lingo and all the action sticks with you. There's gonna be 17 fights at practices this week. <laughs> We're the voice in your head. Why are you guys fighting? I listened to the Lake Show podcast. Shaver and he inspired me to be a little more physical. I said sorry while I was punching the guy. Practice fights are encouraged. <laughs> it is not encouraged. Definitely not encouraged. Hug it out, guys. I once, I don't know why we just say practice fight. I, oh, every time I hear practice fight, I tell a story. I played with two Swedish brothers once in junior. They were imports, and one was older and one was two years younger. And they just played in a practice once, doing three on three down low, follow rattled. Boys just shred, start feeding each other. They're brothers. It was, really? Oh, it's hilarious. Wow. Yeah. It's great. Anyways, back to reality. What's going on now? What do you think? We did, we just got That's carried good. away there. Yeah, we started talking about though. accents, <laughs> yeah. lingo. That's what happens? You you bring big country. How'd you get the nickname? We didn't talk about talk about. Oh that. yeah, yeah. So this all started with uh, with you guys at the boat. At the boat, and it did. Steve, it, yeah. Okay, I I honestly, I always laugh because I originally for a I was told country that this this summer that I thought I came up with the name and I'm running around <laughs> thinking like I'm this beauty. I came up with the name. No, I did not even close. It was actually our boss, Steve Batani. Really? But like, tell him why he calls you that. So there's a guy who played in the NBA for the Vancouver Grizzlies back when they were a team uh, named Brian Big Country Reeves. And uh, everybody who's listening right now, go look on your phone. Look him up. Uh, right and then now. look up a picture of me either on the website or whatnot uh, or Google. And uh, you'll see why. We both have the same body. The only difference is he's seven foot one. Um, and I'm six foot seven, <laughs> but uh, I just looked it up. That's unbelievable. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And so, uh, funny thing is, his name was Big Country in the NBA, and now he's currently owner of a cattle ranch. No way. Yeah, he owns a cattle ranch oh, down in Texas, man. something like that. So, uh, but yeah, Brian Big Country Reeves. That's where uh, Big Country came from. And I'm a city guy. I, I grew up in in the West Ottawa, right? So, Country was not my not my name growing up. But. <laughs> And now we just, just like I, I just refer to you as country. I yeah. just dropped. The, I, I don't even. I've never called you Justin. I don't think ever. No, I, it's very rare that people in my circle now call me by my name. It's either Shaver mm. or Country or Big Country. What yeah. was your name growing up? Did you have one? Uh, no, it was always Shaver. Everyone in the basketball world called me Shaver. 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 Because you didn't play hockey, you get some stupid like Shavesy. Shave. Shavesy. Shavenator. Right. I, I kind of want to get a, a a Brian Big Country Reeves jersey now. That would be sick. Do you think? Did you, you see Memphis War the Vancouver yeah, Grizzlies? Yeah, is, yeah. Is that yeah, weird? Yeah, yeah. Is that odd? It's not odd, but it's only one game. Like, so when did Vancouver leave? It was 2000. I, right? I my Vancouver Grizzly history is terrible. I know they were still around in like 99, 2000, but I think that might have been their last year. I don't know. Yeah. Don't have a fact check. Someone Google it. <laughs> but like, I don't know what like. They how they left years ago and like is that just, is that a marketing ploy to sell more jerseys? <laughs> I mean, people are loving the old school stuff. It's Absolutely, all throwback, all but like throwback. when when but I guess it's the same thing. But when Carolina wore the Hartford jerseys, I was yeah. like, this doesn't make sense. This isn't the like, heart, but we're not in Hartford. Game. The battalion do it too, right? Like the the battalion throw on their centennial. Well, at least they're in North Bay. They're not wearing Hartford Whalers so. crest playing in Carolina. Yeah, well, they're wearing the Brampton Battalion jerseys technically. Yeah, he's got a good but it's point. It's the same franchise. They just moved and changed the city. Same well, that's franchise. What it is. Moved Vancouver. That's same what, franchise. Yeah. They're still the Grizzlies. They just moved to Memphis. I guess. So the the, the one day but throwbacks. But like when when Carolina plays Hartford. So Dougie Hamilton's number 19 on Carolina. They're playing as Hartford. The Hartford Whalers had number 19 retired. retired. So then as he gets on there, the he, announcer starts losing it, Jack Edwards. If you know who he is, of course he's losing it. That's all he does. Yeah. <laughs> like, 
NES, and he might be the biggest homer I've ever heard on the air. <laughs> he's hilarious. He's, he's just losing it, but like, it's not the same franchise. He's Carolina. Yeah. Num- yeah. Like, why are they wearing Hartford well, jerseys in the first place? To, like to me, then that jersey retirement should have carried on when they went to Carolina. That's right. like, that's my opinion, but that's like, what I said. Well, when when the Expos went to Washington, the Washington no. Nash or the Nationals won the World Series this year. Yeah, is it still the same franchise? Like, do you consider that? Technically, the Expos win. Like, do you consider uh, it be the first time they win since the Expos were in? Town? That's what people said. Like, does it matter if you're an Expos fan that the Nationals just won? Like, yeah. yes and no. They left in 2004. That was yeah. 15 years ago. How much of the Expos is left of that organization? Like, not a lot. No, no I, I wouldn't include it. I would say that in the history of that team, yeah, this is the first one. But yeah. I don't. I, I'm not going to Montreal saying, "Congrats, guys! You guys yeah, won the true. World Series!" Right. It's it's yeah. more the the history of the franchise that okay like yeah, if, they haven't won in eighty plus years yeah then then okay they now this this franchise has won mm-hmm. but it's in a different city so I'm not crediting Montreal for that there I guarantee you though that there's a we like, could look that up mm-hmm. that there is an ex, there's a team that has moved that has won a championship that has the banner of the former team up well Ottawa Senators it's a different franchise but we have six banners up in the of like what the, of Stanley Cup champions yeah from like 1905 like 19, or something like that yeah right? 1911 to yeah. 1913 yeah, yeah. Like, is that same franchise same franchise though. same city different league you is, it, same, is it the same franchise though because it's a different I don't know I don't know it's tough it's tough. same city <laughs> that's same like, city yeah same city this isn't like to add on to that like you go down to Phoenix, whatever their arena is called now, changes every two weeks. The name of it. <laughs> the time it was the Jogging.com arena. It's also Arizona now, but Arizona same. Yeah. They always say it exactly. They had Brett Hall, like not Brett Hall, sorry, Bobby Hall. Mm-hmm. They had his like Winnipeg Jets number in Jets colors, Jets logo in the rafters in down in Phoenix, and then obviously the Jets come back. They get the Jets name back, and then now the Jets are wearing the yeah. same jerseys for like these Heritage Classics and stuff, but then. It's not the same franchise. Like I, they must have. I, I, I brought, they definitely worked something out to get that jersey back. But it's just weird. Yeah. You know, I don't know. That's what happens when all these teams move it's around. Definitely a debate. Like you can talk about that, and uh, it's it's definitely a topic to to sort out. Definitely. Well, that's the thing though. There's so many great jerseys around. Like mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. people want to bring them back. But I just said it is hilarious when they just see Vancouver. They actually said Vancouver, and they're down in Memphis. I just I don't know. It's cool. Yeah. What's your top three Hall of Fame jerseys for any sport? You rather give your top three each. Basketball that's and so hockey. off the top of my head, that's so tough. Well, but keep it North American sports. I will just go right now and say that it doesn't matter on who you, what anyone says. I believe that the nicest jersey in sports is Chicago Blackhawks third, the black one. Mm. The black is just unbelievable, and then you get you add their pant shells and the gloves they get, unbelievable. Un, like I don't know anything yeah. that beats that in my mind, but I, a, I'm very biased towards hockey jerseys. I yeah. think because they have so much color and stuff. This Vancouver Grizzly one I'm looking at is pretty da- cool. I'm down with the black Vancouver Grizzlies. I don't know if they have him on here. Yeah, he's. Oh no, that's his. Yeah, like there's a there's a a black version of the the Vancouver Grizzlies. If we're talking basketball, I'm saying I like the net uh, the Nets, not their thirds. I like the Nets jerseys though. Really? I think they're sick. But I don't know. Like, there's so many good jerseys out there. A lot of good jerseys in the OHL. Yeah. Oh yeah, those black. If you've ever seen a black Grizzlies jersey, that's actually sick. Yeah, it's got the the highlight the highlight on the sides. Solid name, just Vancouver, no Grizzlies, nothing. I think if you're also talking about basketball, you get the Miami the Miami Vice Heat oh, jersey. Oh yeah, yeah. And then when they had the court, that those was all sweet. Yeah, unreal. Even yeah. the Raptors ones, like the purple ones, like the old school ones. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, the purple with the, the actual dinosaur. Mm. What are we talking about now? We're just like, we're just <laughs> yeah. yeah. Talking about I whatever. like that one. <laughs> Certainly do. <laughs> oh, wow. We like to have fun on this show. Folks, we've had a really good time. We're almost at an hour here of jam packed, solid interviewage. Interviewage. <laughs> and um, I don't know. We might we have told all the tall tales we need to for this episode. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Shaver? Anything we missed there? Uh, no. You can be recurring. Nothing immediately, but uh, I'm more than welcome to come back in yeah. the future. Yeah. Well, Anything pops up, let us we know. Can, we can talk about whatever. Maybe Absolutely. bring you and Thomas Corey on together. Exactly. I, that, that would actually be a riot. Yeah. <laughs> we always say we'll have repeat guests, and we're waiting to have a repeat guest. So maybe I'll be here you next week. Be, we'll have, we'll have I'll be here tonight, week. tomorrow, <laughs> Just the have next day. You know, what? He's on, you know what? Welcome to the Lake Show. Country's on it. <laughs> again. <laughs> again and again. It's a three-man project. I now. would definitely do it. You know what? If you brought if you brought Thomas Corey and Coach Eric Young, yeah, 
and myself, yeah. it would be an absolute oh, I can imagine. bombshell of a podcast. You think so? Eh? Oh, yeah. Those two, those two have a great relationship, and I have a good relationship with both of them. Nice. So the, the stories we tell on our own are pretty funny, so... Do they ever get? Does that one ever get jealous of the other when you <laughs> hang out with one more? <laughs> Is it like that? I don't. Kind of? I don't ask because I don't like to start fights. But <laughs> I mean, there's plenty of big country to go around. So we should just have like a coaching cafe coming in and bring Shaver on to like have like the turk like all the coaches come in just have a big boardroom meeting around. <laughs> I mean, I am 27. I'm probably older than half the coaches. So. I think you are a coach at this point. We said yeah. you're assistant coach on the on pretty the much, yeah. yeah. Player coach. Yeah, exactly. Player coach. Yeah, Jackie Moon. He just doesn't wear. A, <laughs> he just doesn't wear a tie. <laughs> Well, folks, there you have it. We told you all you need to hear. This has been really fun. Country, thank you so much for coming on. My good friend, my good sir, Salty, thanks for always being a part of this. (laughs) Folks, thank you very much. Another episode banked, promised, signed, sealed, and delivered. It's the Lake Show. What else do you want to know? Stay salty.